We're unabashedly obsessed We've got to get it off our chest Please sit there and be quiet Hey everyone! Hello! Welcome to Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Erin. On our show, we like to talk about things related to pop culture. And not-so-pop culture. And we are in the final week of August. We are! And we are joined by the lovely Rayanna from Mount Olympus University Podcast. Hello! Hi! I love that your podcast makes it sound like it's an official like college <laughs> podcast. From representing I mean, the Mount Olympus University podcast. <laughs> it is an actual... Wait, I mean, it's not you, an actual college podcast? Shh, don't tell anyone. Okay, yeah. It's a secret. No, yeah, no, it is, Aaron. Oh, good, okay. <laughs> I've been thinking about going back and getting my master's. Uh-huh. I kind of want to go there. What would you major in? English. Mm. <laughs> it's the only thing I'm good at. Podcasting? Can I major in podcasting there? Probably. I'm sure. <laughs> Probably. That sounds more likely than English, to be honest. Do they have a curriculum? Yes. It's a weird one. I'm pretty sure I've already been accepted. So there's that. <laughs> I haven't applied. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a bunch of things to talk about. Yes. In pop and not so pop culture. Yes. I feel like it's it's worth mentioning that you guys were super sweet and were like, hey, we could always, you, when you're on, you could always talk about mythology. And I was like, no, thank you, please. <laughs> <laughs> and we figured that would probably be the case. Yeah. But if you were not sick of mythology yet, for, oh, for listeners who don't know, uh, Mount Olympus University is an audio drama about a woman going to school with a bunch of mythological and lore characters is it characters is that the right word i always say figures Beings. figures is yeah. a better word yeah um yeah so if you're not listening you should be yes but yeah there's a thing that went around last week where everyone was like as a kid you were either a greek mythology kid or an egyptian mythology kid yeah and i saw a bunch of people that i know listen to this show being like yeah greek mythology that was my jam so yeah. they should be listening to the show i was both Really? As a kid, I was really into Egyptian mythology because I wow. read some book where like the main character was into Egyptian mythology. So I was, was it like, the Egypt game? Yeah, it was the Egypt game that I had completely <laughs> forgotten about the title of until you said that just now. That was in the free little library that we just got put in by our pool. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Might it, still be. It Well, I don't know that I need to reread it. <laughs> I probably need to reread yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so I was really into that. And then once I got to school and learned about Greek mythology, I was like, I, yeah. I switched teams. Yeah. I was kind of the opposite. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Well, I was I was super into Greek mythology when I was a kid. Um, and I, I think it's because I grew up in a church. And so having oh. these, uh, you know, powerful figures who are these terrible, terrible people yeah. was really right. fascinating to me. Um, and then it wasn't until I was in college I got super into uh, Egyptian mythology. That's okay. so interesting. I wonder if that's why I was into Greek mythology as well. Well, my, my dad was an English professor, and he would just like, we'd walk everywhere because they don't own a car because they live in Boston. So <laughs> we'd walk places, and he would tell me just like myths and stuff. And he read me like the Iliad and the Odyssey and stuff like that. Oh, that's like cool. Like the kids' versions, because God. Yeah. <laughs> Your dad didn't just sit down and read you the Odyssey? 
No, what really got me into mythology was when I was a kid, I had um, a Wishbone computer game. Nice. <laughs> Do you remember Wishbone? Okay. Of course, I a, yeah. A, for anyone who doesn't know, Wishbone is a dog who was did literature TV shows, but I had a computer game of Wishbone and the Odyssey. Oh, uh, okay. And so that was where like I first learned. I just remembered that. That was like a wild uh, nice. bolt out of the blue there, but... Um, That's awesome. So that was like my intro. That's so funny. <laughs> that is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought of Wishbone in a long time. But speaking of... Not talking about mythology. Not talking about mythology <laughs> and also things that were going around Twitter last week. Yes. Do good, we want to start... Excellent transition. Yeah, I'm good at segues sometimes. <laughs> so Sister Act 2. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, so you brought a bunch of topics for... Well, not a bunch. You brought a, a handful of topics for us to discuss tonight. And yes. I want to talk about all of them. Yes. <laughs> So do we want to start with Neopets? Because that's going around Twitter right now. And I don't know what it is. Yes. I mean, well, it was kind really of... funny because I like I brought it up because I was like, I just saw this thing about Neopets and it's, I'm like losing my mind because I was obsessed with Neopets. And you guys were like, I don't really know anything about that. And I was like, oh, that's right. You guys are like people with families and like real adults. <laughs> and I'm over here like, I think man. it might be a an age thing yeah. unfortunately yeah. I, I think i think we're probably a little older than you and so we may have missed the neopets boat but <laughs> i it's had back, to google baby. i had to google what it what, what it is and i definitely had a webkins yeah. that i played <laughs> all of the games yeah. when i was supposed to be working yeah. but there was no work for me to do yeah. so i think it, and it's basically the same kind of concept right you have like your yeah. little virtual pet and you take care of it and play games and stuff it was definitely pre-Webkins. Um, okay. Oh, okay. And it, yeah, you have these little virtual characters. Like, Webkins, you had to, didn't you have to, like, buy an actual real-life stuffed animal? Yes. And, and it had a code uh, on it. Yeah. So, so Neopets wasn't like that. It was just these uh, little icons of uh, fake animals. And you played games and tried to save up virtual money to uh buy things and they had like a stock market game i mean it was pretty educational oh my. <laughs> uh, yeah like they had and um and also like every um every time you had like a pet because you could have up to four neopets okay. and they each had a page and the only way you could edit the page was if you did html so i learned html when i was like 11 that's so cool <laughs> okay yeah that's and it was awesome like, yeah looking back i was like man that was really cool um i was obsessed with it um when i was a kid i was like 10 years old when i started and um i played it probably longer than i should have <laughs> was there was there an element of like keeping the pet alive kind of like a tamagotchi situation or was it more like just go here's your pet and also play games and here are some outfits you can buy to put on your pet was that so was neopets was there like a feed it or else it dies sort of situation there was a feeding uh mechanism but it doesn't do anything like the pets don't die Okay. Um, it is it is meant for for young people. Um, right. And when I was when I was on it, um, it didn't really matter if you fed them or not. It would be like so and so is starving, and you're like, okay, but they look normal, so whatever. Yeah. I'm just gonna <laughs> save my save my neo points to try and buy a paintbrush so I can change my neo pet's color. Right. Um, <laughs> and um. And learn what hyperbole is at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, starving. And, it looks fine. Uh, 
They updated it eventually so that, like, your Neopet starts looking sad when it's hungry, but they still don't die. So you're like, well, you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) They just suffer. (laughs) Maybe that was just me. It's like when your your actual, like, flesh and blood pet is on a diet and it looks sad because it wants you to feed it. And you're like, I just fed you. You don't get... I'm sorry Mm -hmm. that you got a quarter cup less food than I gave you last week, but don't look sad at me like that. So, okay, so Neopets, so you played it from 11 until... Oh, gosh, I was probably like 17 or something like okay. i was older than i should have still been but it's really fun like the i games was expecting really fun, you to so. say last week yeah like so. until Man, if i could still dot, get into dot, my dot. account it would have been <laughs> oh did they lo- did you lose access to your account i don't know my password anymore or someone like hacked it i mean it's like a i like i started it when i was 10 so yeah. it was it's a you know it's been a while yeah um and man, if I could still get into it, though, you know, I would have been playing like, <laughs> yesterday. Excellent. What <laughs> pets did you have? Do you remember? Yes, I, I perfectly remember. Um, I don't remember all of the numbers because, like I said, I was 10. And so I like I would try to name them things. And uh-huh. then it was like, how about you add 20 numbers? And I was sure. like, that sounds legit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a, a it was called a Jub Jub. It was like a, it's a little fluff ball with feet. Its name was Pri. P-R-I-E. Um, I had a Kachik, which is like a it's kind of like a fox with like floppy sideways ears. Uh, his name was Stormy. Again, I was 10. Um, <laughs> I had a uh, Galert, I believe it's called, which is basically just a dog. Um, <laughs> long ears. Uh, her name was Abby. And I had an Akara, which is kind of like a cat and it has like antennas. Uh, and her name was Takal after a character in Sonic the Hedgehog. So, cool. you know. Nice. I was really cool, if you can't tell. I mean... I guess I mean, I'm confused about why they used off-brand animal names. Like like fake animals yeah. instead of just dogs and cats and penguins. Yeah. You know, normal things that people have as pets. They yeah, they they kind of all look vaguely like alienish, oh, okay. I would say. Okay. They're um, new pets. They're neopets. They're not normal they're animals. Neopets. They're neopets. I yeah. get it. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. They're not like panda bears and stuff. They're like they're they're all special. It's not that existing animals are copyrighted. It's it's that neopets are they're, names that are right. I yeah, got it. exi- it's the opposite. Yeah, the word <laughs> the concept of dog is not copyrighted. Right, you can't I don't charge people. Think if it TM, is, TM, 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 we TM. are going to get sued. <laughs> yeah, but if it's not, then we just have some paperwork to file, and then we're going to be very rich and yes. litigious. <laughs> I'd like to copyright the concept of a dog. <laughs> I would. There's nothing in the rule books that says you can't own the concept of a dog. Our get rich quick scheme to copyright the concept the of a dog. Right. Not the, the word dog, dog. Just right. the no, concept no. of a dog. We would know. Yeah. It'd be crazy to copyright the word dog. That'd right. be absolutely insane. That would be nuts. Now the concept of a dog <laughs> is a little more, a little more, you know, wibbly wobbly. Yeah. <laughs> Legally speaking. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, all right, let me see if I... Did the pets participate in the games? So, like... No, you don't, like, see them in the games. The games are, like, separate things. You kind of just... Well, at least when I was playing, I don't know what it's like now, but when I was playing, it was just, like, they were kind of 
I mean, they only, they didn't move or anything. I mean, these were all still images. I started when I still had dial up. Mm -hmm. So like there wasn't a whole lot of moving parts. Sure, Um, (laughs) sure, sure, sure. Sure. And so, so like the games are just kind of their own separate thing. It uses the same like species and stuff, but usually they have their own characters and like a little story that goes with it. Like, you know, so-and-so, the so-and-so is trying to collect all of these things and it's just like a game of snake you know <laughs> right 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 okay because webkins puts your pet i had i had a little um cocker spaniel webkin oh. because i was harassing kevin um when we were first married that i wanted a dog and he kept telling me no we don't have time to have a dog and so he got me a webkins dog and he was like here keep this one alive you can like <laughs> snuggle it and also log in and feed it and stuff. And it's almost like having a real dog. I named it Jessica Simpson. Uh-huh. She was my favorite. <laughs> and like Do Webkins die? No, Webkins don't die. Yeah. I okay. guess I shouldn't be talking about her in the past tense because she's still alive. She's still alive, <laughs> waiting for you to come back. Right. <laughs> she's still out there. Yeah. She's still out there. I actually have the dog still. Um but like the stuffed dog. Yeah. But the, my favorite game was one where you, it was like a puzzle game where you had to like get her home okay. and like the streets were con- like, you could not, you could only walk her down streets that had lights on and the lights would randomly turn out. So you would start to go a certain way and then like that light would go out and you'd have to backtrack and go a different way. And you had to get her home in like X many turns. I played a Tetris style sort of a puzzle game of sort of, I feel like there was like a, a lab, there was like a chemistry environment. Maybe. Um, and I felt like sort of kind of like Dr. Mario or like if there was one candy crush like or whatever, I probably actively avoided it. Yeah, I really <laughs> liked it. Cannot blame you. <laughs> so if you also if you're listening to this and you also played Neopets, I want to make a list of all of the Neopets that everyone had. So uh, tweet us or come join the Facebook group or whatever. And we're going to build up a list. Why? I'll just know. I'll just talk just to ask. anybody about Neopets yeah. too. If you just need like someone to chat with, I'm I'm there. I kind of feel see. Okay, so I initially I didn't even want to Google it because I was like, this sounds like something I could get really into, and yeah. I don't know <laughs> that I need another game to get really into. But then I did Google it, and I was like, oh, this is absolutely something I could get really into. I should not sign up for this, but maybe I should sign up for this. It's it's a party and a half, let me tell you. I don't have, like, editing to do <laughs> or, you know, children to raise or actual no. dogs to feed. <laughs> Your kids can go on Neopets, too. It's exactly. family friendly. Exactly. I bet there's an app. I think they're coming out with one. That's why that's why I had brought it up originally, because I think that they're coming out with like a mobile game version oh, okay. of it. And I was like, I'm going to be playing that. There's no question. Oh, so so um, before that or right now, I guess it's just um, uh, it's just online. like a browser game. Yes. Oh, it's like OK. MySpace, but with pets. It really is kind of a relic. Like it has not changed that much when you like go back to the site. I so the it. fact that they're entering the 21st century is is pretty exciting. That's yeah, awesome. <laughs> that's very exciting for them. Neo Neo pets. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the most pop culture thing that we had on our list, considering the other two things we had to talk about predated Neo pets. <laughs> 
That's true. Are, are movies that no one has seen that oh. I Oh, love. no. I'm pretty sure almost everybody who listens to this show has seen at least one of those. Probably both. Is... Let's, if we may, can we move into Sister Act 2 territory? Sure. Sister Hell Act yeah. 2 is um, a movie. Back in the Habit. Uh, ba- Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, the movie that taught me the pun potential of the word habit. Right. Um,. Is one of my favorite movies. Uh, my mom and I used to watch it all the time. I can't guarantee it. I may have seen it in the theater. Wow. Yeah. It is an all-time favorite for me. No, my mom and I used to watch it too. That's how that's how I got introduced to it. Um, and my mom and I love that movie. So that's that's really great. Yeah. That it's both of our... <laughs> it's, it's my, my mom... Like, when my mom was mad at me, she was Sally Field in Mrs. Doubtfire in my head. <laughs> When she is in a goofy mood, she is Kathy and Jimmy in anything <laughs> Kathy and Jimmy has been in of all time. I can time. see that. <laughs> like, um, so it was really, it was really cool. Um, I guess I put myself in the Whoopi Goldberg role. <laughs> Maybe you don't have to put yourself in the movies. Let's move past that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but like both, both Sister Act and Sister Act 2 were very big for me. And actually I was watching it. There's a lot of pitch perfect crossover in Sister Act 2. Like down to like camera shots of oh no, the act that immediately precedes us is very good. Let's watch from ax- from the side of the stage. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I remember that shot from Pitch Perfect." <laughs> That's true. I didn't even think about that. When you were watching Pitch Perfect, you should have been thinking, "Oh, I remember that shot from Sister Act 2 back in the habit." Um, I'm I, I'm not going to guarantee that some part of my mind was not like, <laughs> "Yes." This is yes, something this. that I like. <laughs> see, I don't think that I even saw the first Sister Act until probably high school. Mm. And I didn't see oh, Sister Act 2 back in the habit, which is the only way I'll be referring to this movie for the duration <laughs> of this podcast. Well, you mean the correct way? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, As God intended? I, yeah, exactly. I don't think I saw that until college? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I've this is the watch that I did on Sunday morning is only the second time I've ever seen this movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. So... It's like Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit 2, Back in the Habit. <laughs> this also is literally the only context I have for Lauren Hill. That's so interesting. Before watching this movie the first time, I was vaguely aware that Lauren Hill was a singer. Yes. S- mm-hmm. not, yep. not a rapper, a both. singer. She's both. Oh, both. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I was vaguely aware that she was a musically inclined individual. Yes. A Fuji, if you will. That was the group that she was in oh i thought she was a solo artist she was she was in the fujis and then she left oh yeah to be in sister act two back in the habit sister act two was way before her musical <laughs> career so like timeline of really? lauren hill sister act two fujis solo uh mom now see i assumed that it was musical career yeah sister act two capitalizing on the fact that they now have Lauren Hill, who is a notable musician. And then I just assumed that she never did anything else after that. Yep. No, um. she was, th- this was, this was, may have been like, hey, remember I was in Sister Act 2. I sang really good there. Please allow me to be in your band, the Fugees. And then um, the guy who sang um, Oh Happy Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in a musical group after Sister Act 2. In about 1999, 2000. 
Okay. He was in a group called City Heights. And I was I watched the music video. It may have even been after that, 2001, 2002. Because I think I watched the video in college. I was like, wait, that's the kid from Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. And indeed it was. Excellent. <laughs> so. Also, Jennifer Love Hewitt was there. Yep. Yes. I told James, I was like, I'm not going to read off my notes tonight because most of them were just, oh, hey, Maggie Smith looks young. Oh, hey, Jennifer Love Hewitt is in this. Yeah. I I did not take notes on either of the movies. Same. Because I know them so well. I was like, there's no point. I'm just going to rattle off what I know. At one point, I thought that there was a point to taking notes. And after I wrote down, hey, Jennifer Love Hewitt's in this. And then, oh, hey, it's Mr. Noodle. Um, Mr. Noodle, yes. From yeah. Elmo's World. Right. Um, I don't oh, know yeah, if you so were funny. familiar with Elmo's World. <laughs> I, did, I am. I worked at a daycare and we had like exactly three VHS versions of Elmo's World that I knew by heart by the time I was done I working there. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I was very glad when my oldest child's Elmo's World phase ended and my younger child decided that Elmo was terrifying and she never, ever wanted to see him ever. I was fine with that. Oh, that's right. We have to... My son has like six large Elmos in his room uh-huh. for whatever reason that we have to cover with a blanket when... Whenever Kayla when they comes visit. over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So what are your thoughts and uh, strongest memories or impressions about Sister Act 2? Back in the habit. Back um, in the habit. Back in the habit. Um, so I will say about the movie, the plot is paper thin like i have watched that movie a thousand times and i still can't exactly tell you points of the plot because it's like the antagonist i don't know what his end goal was he wants to retire early exactly and was he even really the antagonist because i kind of feel like her mom was the real villain in this a little bit of which is another thing i have some thoughts about um i guess we'll get back to that like my strongest (laughs) memories are, are honestly the um, all of the musical numbers yes. because the first time we watched it, we watched the Oh Happy Day uh, so scene. Good. And I think we rewound it and rewatched it like in our first viewing like three times because we were like, this is amazing. Um, because um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, it's like the choir's first performance and they start out like really quiet and they're really nervous and they're singing Oh Happy Day and then uh, then they just like go off and have a party yeah. and Amal who's one of the, the kids hits like a high E or something like that it's it's like an insane note and everyone told me he didn't really hit that note and that it was like made up but he did did you Thank find you. out that he actually actually did yeah that was like That's his awesome. real voice That's awesome. so That's um, and it's it's like it's just it's such a good scene. Like even now, even watching it, like Same. I get hyped for that scene. I, um, and I, and we we also watched like the last musical number, the um, joyful, 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 joyful. Yeah. Um, like three times. Yeah. Like <laughs> so, that's my biggest memory. Is like we watched it and then we rewound it and watched the two musical scenes and then we rewound it and watched the two musical scenes again. Yeah, I love it. They they were cleaning up the. They were doing something, and then all of a sudden, we were at that first performance. With the, yeah. I was like, I thought there was more there was stuff a- that happened, but they were like montage first performance. They were there was a really weird cut. Yeah, that that was one of my notes was, is your copy broken? Because I borrowed James's copy, so it's possible yeah. that your copy was broken. But I don't think. But I don't, I don't think. 
think so. I was like, am I watching some sort of highlight reel? Because I love a good, oh man, I love a training montage. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite <laughs> things of all time. And then to cut directly to what is quite possibly the best scene of the whole movie. I was like, what is this? Some sort of like edit where we just watch my favorite parts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it does go right from the training montage because Whoopi's like teaching all of them to sing and they're doing the like la 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 Right. La, yeah. right. La, la, la. And then they cut right. Exactly. <sighs> it's a hard cut. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think. Oh, so good. I also, I heard Oh Happy Day, which was apparently a single from the 60s, which makes sense because that was whole, that was Whoopi Goldberg character's whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. On mm-hmm. Sirius XM one time, I was like. Sort of like side eyeing my radio, like, all right, I guess this is a single. This is it from Sister Act Two back in the habit, but I guess it's yeah. fine. I assumed it was a church song. Um, Being the dirty, rotten heathen that I am, right. I am not um, up on what songs are and are not sung in church. And that's, I mean, that's the really interesting thing is that, well, the, the, the thing of Sister Act, as you'll recall, or listeners will recall, is that she took all those Motown songs right. and turned them into church songs. Right. Which is really funny because how soul music was made, um, as depicted especially in the movie Ray, but then once you start hearing it, you hear it everywhere. They just took the word Jesus from gospel songs and turned it into baby. <laughs> and, and then we had Motown. God turned it into love or girl. Soul music. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, it was it's... basically like, but you know those, you know all those gospel hits. You know, it's like a punk rock cover, but if everyone was very <laughs> familiar with the gospel or the gospel music, and it was like, here's a dangerous new music style, and that song, you know. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So Sister Act did the opposite. Okay. They put it back in the sure. the God space, as we call it. The God space. Mm-hmm. can i ask about the opening scene when she's on stage in vegas and all the nuns come in and suddenly she's flying was she being the flying nun i think it's just a spectacle thing that was was, that's what i was under the impression of that she's just like i didn't know if that was like a throwback to something from the first one that i've forgotten because it's been so long since i've seen it or if she it was just like we're in vegas let's fly you I th- yeah, I think that. that I think yeah, that she's in Vegas and she's the star, so they have like special effects and stuff. <laughs> the but special it's still effects are to fly her very badly. If it's a yes. if it's a flying nun reference, it's the first of two flying nun well, references. That's what, yeah, that's what I was thinking because when they called it back later about yeah. Sally Field, yeah, I was like, is that? Did they just make a second? <laughs> Because right. that was definitely a it's flying right nun reference. Flying nun was the references. first flying nun reference actually a flying nun reference or just flying? I, if I'm dressed like a nun, if I'm going to overanalyze it, I would wonder if it's. I don't recall. In the first one, she was sort of like, "Yeah, honey, here's your show. I'm a big mobster guy." Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think this one may have been. Like, things can go wrong and people will still be into this show because they like it so much. Right. But they never really delivered on... I feel like it was just a gag because she's, like, complaining about the people who are flying her. Yeah. Like, 
and so like being like, "What are you doing?" into the microphone and stuff. But like, right. so I, I think it was all just a, a big gag. She still like performed a... fairly well, yeah. Given <laughs> the imminent danger she was in, <laughs> right? I mean, let's be fair. She was never in as much danger in this one as she was in the first one, where there were guns and stuff. Right. But I. I watched the first Sister Act again after having not watched it for a long time and only watching Sister Act 2 yeah. uh, back in the <laughs> back habit. In the habit. Sure, yeah, yeah. And so, like, watching the first one again, I was like, this is very vastly different. It's so gritty. <laughs> in tone. Yeah, so what makes you guys... Now, are you guys both equal fans of both Sister Acts? Or would you say that you, if, if you had to choose, you prefer... Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. And if so, what makes you like the second one more than the grittier first one? I really love the first one. I think it's a great film. I have a lot fonder memories of the second okay. one. Like watching it at my home with my family. And it has like these great musical numbers with some really 90s clothing. So nice. uh, 90s. Just the peak of 90s fashion. Yes. So many like jean shorts that reach yeah. mid calf. Yes. Um and uh so it's and just because it is a lighter and fluffier movie, I would watch it whenever I was sad yeah. in college, okay. you know. So I have a lot of really fond memories of the second one. So if I know that the first one is objectively a better movie, but if you put both sister acts in front of me and asked which one I wanted to watch at any given moment, it would probably be Sister Act Two. Back in the my habit. answer might be the same as my answer for na- the National Treasure movies. Okay. Which is just both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I think it's uh, watch one and then watch the other one immediately following. Okay. Because like watch Sister Act two back in the habit and then immediately watch Sister Act. Yeah. Yes. It pains you <laughs> that I suggested that, doesn't it? It is a light Sister Act two back in the habit is a lighter movie for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like watching Police Academy and then following that up with The Wire or something where yeah. it's like, but no. <laughs> James, I could see you twitching. But like, I mean, Sister Act also had that. some silly, silly stuff in it, like The Pope. Oh, yeah. And the whole concept. Oh, the whole concept that. wasn't, well, no, it was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, so... Amal was woke way before woke was something. Oh my I was God, like, yes. what he's saying now is completely appropriate for our times. Uh-huh. So good. <laughs> um, yeah, Amal is this this character. Um, he's a young black man, and he is just like, he's he says these things that are true, and everyone's like, ah, oh, Amal, <laughs> you stop. And he's just like talking about like his history and stuff in a very true manner. <laughs> That was my that was my impression when I was watching it this time. I was like, "Stop telling him to stop. He's right." Yeah. And then Frank Hay is definitely an all lives matter guy. Yes. Like <laughs> See, Frankie Frankie is the the white rapper. Yeah. Um which I feel like a lot of it feels very early 90s to sure. have him there. And I was thinking about him and I was like, "I don't really know what his character is." Right. Because They give him some lines that I feel like they should have given to other characters. Yes. (laughs) Like, he doesn't really have a personality. He's just the white rapper. And it may be that he auditioned on, can you believably rap? Right. Yeah. Um, In overalls. He reminded me of a young Christian Bale 
Interesting. Like the way <laughs> he speaks, uh-huh. he has a he, like the way his. It sounds weird, but the way his lips move and the way like he sounds when he talks was very like young Christian Bale in Newsies. I yeah, I feel that this was right around Newsies. Yeah, because this was ninety three. Two, three. Yeah, Newsies was 92. So yeah, like at one point I actually, and there were times when he actually did look enough like Christian Bale, like a young Christian Bale, that I actually had to get on IMDb and make sure that I had not forgotten about Christian Bale's somewhat (laughs) starring role in Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I'm like 98% sure this is not a young Christian Bale. But that (laughs) is not 100%. He he's like he kind of reminds me of if like Max Casella had some relationship like familial relationship to Christian Bale. Like he's like the the hybrid of them, like because he kind of has like the slick back hair and yeah. the actual Americanness. Mm-hmm. When he was when he wasn't reminding me of Christian Bale, he was reminding me of Peter Facinelli from Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. Both of whom clearly although Christian Bale did it in his time machine because he made the movie before used sister act two back in the habit as a reference for their character. Yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt was like, Hey, he looks like that guy who was in sister act two back in the habit with me. You should cast him. Yeah. <laughs> and they did. That's, that's how Peter Facinelli got that role. Yeah. And the rest is history. That is a true fact. Yeah. Don't at me. <laughs> I had to look at one point in the back of the class. I don't think she had any speaking roles or singing roles or any participation other than attendance. <laughs> I had to confirm that Sarah McLaughlin was not in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the what? next time her character showed up, I was like, yeah, no, that's definitely not her. But I swear to God, it looked exactly like Sarah McLaughlin in the like back in the class behind anyone who spoke. <laughs> was this was this quiet girl? And I was like, Sarah McLaughlin back there. But it was not. I was about to make an I Will Remember You joke. Uh-huh. But then I realized that the joke I was going to make hinged on that song being called Will You Remember Me? Uh-huh. So I'm not going to make that joke because that is not the name of the song. <laughs> that would have made you look silly. <laughs> exactly. But you didn't say it. But so. I didn't say it. So all... I don't look silly. Yeah. Um, it doesn't They count. didn't. I thought that they addressed... Um, sketches having to work more than they did. He kept talking about how he had they, to work, and they yeah. never addressed how he was going to those all those rehearsals before and after school. Right. <laughs> they, they, I guess it is kind of dropped because he he's sleeping in class. The first scene with the kids, he's sleeping in yeah. class, and then he says it's because he he works. And you see him outside of his mm-hmm. job, graffitiing his own um, store. He's graffitiing his own store and the the boss is apparently okay with it i guess so so he's he's graffitiing his own store and the boss is like get back to work and then that kind of ends the job saga (laughs) he's get back to work okay i will also hey can i quit and the boss is like yep (laughs) it almost makes me feel like this was like a much more epic movie and they had like full explorations of like sketch or that nerd white boy like the whitest of boys tyler's a weird character because he literally is just there to be like the consummate white boy he's there to make frank hay look cooler like yeah yeah but 
Because he's, like, the first to speak, and, like, he's just super nerdy, and uh, he does make everyone else look cooler, I guess. I feel like the there was a... Maybe they planned a bigger series, or, like, a, this was a backdoor pilot to a TV show or something. Yeah. Because it felt like they were setting up a bunch of stuff, and then, like, only doing Rita's stuff. Yes. With Maria, too. Right. Maria has... She, she has a past, and you don't know what that is, because... Like there's a part there's a part in the movie when Whoopi Goldberg's testing them all to see how they sing, and so she has everybody sing Mary has a, Mary had a little lamb, and Maria says she doesn't know it, and so like you get the idea that she's from a tough right. background, and you never find out what that is. I don't. All right, and then and that she's like raised by TV or something, and that's right. why she only knows theme songs. Yeah, she was the fourth person. That Whoopi Goldberg was yes. having sing Mary Had a Lamb. She couldn't have sung that one line. <laughs> Just, I mean, like. I mean, one of them was rap, well, so it's kind of hard to to extrapolate that's anything true. from that's that. True. But still, at least one other person had sung the only part of the song. That she was being asked to sing. And it's literally just the lines, Mary had a little lamb. Right. It didn't even go into what color the lamb was. Right. To, to be fair, to be fair, if I were in that situation and I like didn't know a song and I was like yeah. panicking because I could true like only I was only going off of what people before me saying I would not right. sing that's it either. true true that so. is true <laughs> I really liked um when Frank Hay and Sketch were going to do their rap version and uh, Sketch said and his feet was white as snow and they feet stopped were, and started over because like, it's fleece that was my favorite Frank Hay moment <laughs> it felt honest it felt like a true <laughs> sketch because i was like yeah feet wait it's not feet. <laughs> oh it's fleece like they they they're like mary had a little lamb its feet was white as snow and he's like it's fleece and they start over and i also like um credit scenes where the cast just yes. gets to be silly yeah Boogie. they just get to like mess around and like be fun and whatever oh, that was a good day of filming yeah, you yeah. Can tell. so yeah sister act two a quality movie that bears rewatching if you can find it. I feel like we need to talk like real quick about Rita and like the story okay, yes. with her mom because the idea the idea is that Rita uh, is raised by a single mother and her mother wants her to go to college and study and she does not want her daughter to sing because Rita's father uh, was a singer and like failed and so. What I found weird when I was watching it this time, I was like, man, she's like, because she, she forbids Rita from being right. in the choir. And I was like, you don't even want to let her sing for fun so she'll like get it out yes. of her system. Like, yes. I, Plus scholarships. Let, let it be noted, my, my parents let me be yeah. a theater major. Same. So obviously there wasn't a whole lot of like, there wasn't a whole lot of you can't do that going on in my house. Um, but yeah, I was just like, I was, I was thinking about it. I was like, why not just? But just you know what let, looks really great on a on a college application? Extracurriculars. Won, won the freaking thing by being a soloist in the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rita's mom was just the worst. Like I, I got so frustrated with her because yeah, like to not even let her have like the music from her. So like. Rita's taking this choir class. Like, she's taking this music class that is presumably, a, like, some kind yeah, of... Yeah, it's definitely required because yeah. now they're going to fail it. It's no longer a bird class. Exactly. So, and I'm assuming that it was a required... She had to take some kind of 
arts class. Right. So she signs up for chorus, and she's like doing her chorus homework. Right. And I'm. It was probably for like the before and after school choir stuff too. But like her mom takes it away from her and is like, "You can't do this homework." Yeah. I'm like, what is wrong with you, woman? You want her to get good grades, but you're willing to let her fail music class. The, the like, she seemed like a smart girl, so I'm sure she was doing fine in all of her classes. But like, out of all of the classes that she was guaranteed a pass in, yeah, girls yeah. got pipes. Yeah, like, yeah, like I said before, the the plot in this movie is paper well, thin. It is like rice yeah. paper. You could- yeah, <laughs> like the. This did it's, feel like a ro- more in unjust version of the P- Dead Poet Society thing. Yes. Like, this was what Dead well, Poet Society was going with. I'm saying, like, she had a reason to be pissed off. He didn't have a reason to be pissed well, off. Well, that's true. It wasn't like his dad was forbidding him to do something that was a requirement. It was a passion. And I get right. the point of Dead Poet Society. Believe me, I get it. <laughs> but this was a requirement, something that was a competition for a thing yeah. so frustrating. And like, yeah. But yeah, yeah it really feels like, don't, doesn't it feel like if then in over the course of a TV season, they could expand on all of these characters and all <laughs> these relationships and whatever, the paper thin plot of the pilot would look like a setup for future payoffs. Yes. I actually, I, I wonder, mm-hmm. I now that you have mentioned that, I do think like, I, I mean, I en- I enjoyed it. I didn't, you know, not like the movie, but I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more as a TV season because I think they would have been able to expand on some of those minor characters and some of those really thin plot points. Yeah, I don't know. But if I can, my last word on this topic, I will always laugh at the repeated Whoopi Goldberg telling the piano player to turn on her... uh, Hearing aids every single time she does it. She does it several times in Sister Act 1. Yeah. And then they brought it back for one time before she recruited the ponytail guy. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Who reminded me, for whatever reason, of... Remember in Glee, the guy that always played the piano that would just, like, come on stage and start playing the piano with no fanfare? He reminded me of that. He's like, hey, can you play piano? I was like, oh, there's the piano player that they have to work into this plot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the most unrealistic part is that... They go to like the dilapidated choir room, and there's like an old <laughs> piano, and it's perfectly tuned. I'm like, I cannot buy that. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. He has to lean over because I don't think it had legs. No, it's like it's <laughs> like halfway over, like falling yeah. over. It's a real mess. I justified that one in my head as well. Whoopi Goldberg had already been in that room. Oh, okay. So she had already been up there. She probably got somebody to come in and tune. The, well, there was no money, so she probably tuned the piano herself. I'll buy that because she's skilled in that area as well i will buy that when when you're a, a headliner in vegas they also teach you how to tune pianos i like to think dame maggie smith got out got under the hood of that piano <laughs> and tuned her turned her right up that's also possible yeah so that's sister act two back in the habit back in the habit did you have more that you wanted to say about this delightful movie no just that so I, I firmly believe everyone should see it because it's it's just a party and a half. And like I said, that 90s fashion comes in strong at the end. So many overalls. Ooh. Yeah. It's worth it just for the outfits in oh. the joyful, joyful scene. Yeah. So good. <laughs> They're terrible. Plus, the joke of the other people that did joyful, joyful being like 
incredibly militaristic was yeah. really, really funny. So let's move on to the final topic. Sure. Heck yeah. The movie Clue. Hey! <laughs> this movie was so delightful. Amazing. Uh-huh. This is this is legit my favorite, probably my favorite movie. Um, I, I love Clue. My Apparently my movie niche is like movies that were critical failures in their time. Sometimes those are where the gems are. Yeah. Did you ever see uh, Noises Off? Yes. This yes. movie reminded me of if Noises Off was about a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's kind so of a true. madcap thing. I think it was. I don't know. Well, it's very. They're. I mean, they're both very farcical. There's like the running back and forth, and the doors that lead to other places where there shouldn't be doors, and yeah. you know, there's a lot of prop comedy. Yeah. 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 It it features Tim Curry at like his most Tim Curry. He was yep. very it's, very it, at Tim the curriest Curry. Tim. Oof. And it and it has that guy who looked just like John Ritter, Michael McKean. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I've never. Yeah. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. But I kept having to. I kept looking at IMDb. I was like, but is it? Same thing with Christian Bale. I'm like, I'm 98 percent sure that's not John Ritter. And it wasn't John Ritter when I checked 15 <laughs> minutes ago. But I swear it looks just like John Ritter. Michael McKean was on SNL. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It also has uh, Madeline Kahn, who I love so much like she is the funniest yeah and so clue clue is about the board game clue it was the first (laughs) ever board game movie yeah um wait are there others oh sure yeah there's like battleship which no one liked i remember rihanna was in battleship people were talking about like a like a trivial pursuit movie at one point but i thought that might have just been hearsay um interesting but uh, it feels like they should have made like Candyland. Yeah, the character design is great in Candyland. But no, Clue was Clue was the first movie that was based on a board game, which I feel like it might be why not a lot of people went to see it because they're like, how can you make a board game into a movie kind of thing? Now, but, see, that should be a good hook. Yeah. yeah. How do you make a board game into a movie? I would like to find out. I shall go see that movie. But like Clue has a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like Battleship, I'm like, what? there's no i assume the movie battleship is just ships purely boat explosions and rihanna is also there believe there were aliens i never saw it i think there were aliens i never saw it either so i i am not uh i remember the trailer it was like oh whoa what is this movie and then like the title card's like battleship and you're like what what And I, I, I'm not going to swear to it, but I feel like the tagline was something with, with the, no, this isn't the tagline, but I feel like the tagline was something with the feel of, yeah, like the board game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that, that sounds right. Um, uh, but yeah, so Clue was based on it. But see, it has a, it has a story. Yeah. Like it's a murder mystery. There are characters. It's sort of like Sister Act 2. You, I mean, you'd make a movie out of the characters if Sister Act 2 back in the habit was a board game. That's a weird sentence. I'm sorry. Let's that was start a weird over. sentence. They did make a movie out of the characters of Sister Act <laughs> Sister 2 Act back 2. in the habit. Right, they but I want a board game. They did not make a board game out of it. I would like that board they game, did... though. I'm not... It'd be like Clue, but <laughs> you'd have to find the consent forms murder? to go to the competition. Yeah. Oh. No, it wouldn't be a good board game. <laughs> <laughs> gonna... It would be like Candyland. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it has Tim Curry, Tim Curry. Michael McKean, Madeline Kahn, Leslie Old Madeline Warren. Kahn. Leslie Ann Warren is Miss Scarlet, right? Yes. 
Christopher Did you say Lloyd. Old Madeline Kahn. Yeah, it's Belinda something. Belinda. Paris. Yes. K e r e s. I don't know how you yeah. say that. She was Mrs. Peacock. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, and looking rather unlike. Well, not unlike himself. It's just that when I think Christopher Lloyd, I automatically think Doc Brown. Sure. Yeah, and, and, believe- then, and then I think Rasputin, who is an animated character from Anastasia. <laughs> yeah, but, but he looked is, exactly like how Christopher Lloyd looked just, looks. Like if Christopher Lloyd was an animated zombie, he would look like. No, this. yeah, this absolutely. True. You're not wrong. But yeah, that's my that's my second point of reference for Christopher Lloyd. You are <laughs> after in fact Doc right. Brown. Yeah, he looks like he looked um, on Taxi. He was in Taxi. Oh, okay. Um, and had brown hair. I mean, like, it, yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. That's really. <laughs> yeah. And then hold on. Who turns out? Does it Michael McKean that that plays Mr. Green? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. there was Colonel Mustard. Colonel Mustard, Colonel Mustard is Martin Mull. Right. I don't know. Old Martin. Old Michael McKean. <laughs> um, Yvette. A cute Colleen model. Something. Yeah, I don't know if she's been in anything else of note. I think she's done a lot of bit parts. Like she's been in a lot, but it's a lot of like moms and. Oh, she went from being the French maid in Clue to playing <laughs> the mom. Oh, I mean, it happens to happens a to lot the, of actresses. Yeah. yeah, it's a great cast, though. Like it they're really is. so yeah. funny. And the thing that I that really jumps out at me is how subtle a lot of the humor is. Like it's very uh, it's it's very farcical, like you said. But like at the beginning, all of the jokes are really subtle. Gotta and... say, my favorite poop jokes of yes. any movie were what I saw in Clue. Oh, from when he steps in the and then the everyone dog. checks their feet. Yeah, <laughs> everyone um, comes in was... and like starts sniffing around, and then they yeah. check their own yeah. shoes. That I mean, like that's the kind of poop humor that I'm really I can really connect with. Yeah, the only joke that I think didn't hold up was the "I'm a homosexual" joke, and then Professor Plum just avoids him for the rest of the time in that room. Yes. Though I will say, because it took place in 1954, um, I think you could point to that is how people would act. Sure, and it, well, and I think even just saying, "Hey, this one character is gay and this other character is homophobic," right. is not in and of itself problematic. Right. It just felt like it was. It was such a blatant, like physical right. response. Yeah. That it, it with no other like I mean there was it's a comedy there's no like underlying character work to be done with <laughs> right. that right so it just it felt a little icky to me I think the icky part for me was the last line of the movie oh yeah now I'm gonna yeah. go sleep with my wife right I mean like I I definitely was watching it and I was like uh this is this part feels weird the part that you're talking about yeah because it was such a choice it was such a like and then professor plum pulls away from him right and and they called back to it a few other times yeah but other than that though i think most of i think all of the jokes and humor held up yeah like i mean it like it was like you know the the poop thing and the oh we're all just in this room making out (laughs) yes and the guy's like, it's not that shocking. You guys are just having a good time. It's a free country. <laughs> it's a free country. I didn't know it was that free. <laughs> yeah, like all of that stuff was 
excellent. And then like the, the uh, everything like about the bodies where it's like, is everything all right? Yep, two bodies. And then like at the end, uh-huh. where they're like three murders. This is getting serious. <laughs> yes. Well, and they get they reach a point where like they just bring the corpses in and just drop them. Know, yeah, they dropped so Jen and Lynn hard. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> I remember watching this on Comedy Central. This okay. was this was one that was constantly on on Comedy Central. And it's a pretty good movie for like late 90s Comedy Central cuz there's nothing that you really have to like sensor yeah so Mm -hmm. you could get all of the beats and stuff um without having to be like that was a weird word for them to say yeah i don't think there's anything that they would have to censor maybe maybe some of the prostitute stuff but they don't really say it's all like implied they use a lot of like i do select services and like (laughs) i mean it's all very who want to spend the evening in the company of a lady exactly yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) But there was the part where, like, I don't even know how you'd get in that position. Here, I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> get uh. off me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so And funny. I have to say, the position he was going for did not look that difficult right. to get no. into. It looked like it was basically just missionary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he, was. Was getting, he was going somewhere. I'm sure he was. <laughs> it really is just the plot of the board game because the idea is you have all of these characters and they're all using code names. Right. Uh, which is like Mr. Green and Professor Plum, Colonel Mustard, Mrs. Scarlet, like Miss Scarlet, all of the names from the board game. And um, there's a bunch of extra characters too, like Yvette, the French maid, and the cook, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Body, who right. dies. Of well, course. Mr. Body was in was in the was in Clue as well, because yes. the joke yes. was he's the body. He was he's yeah. the one who dies. Yeah. He's the one that yeah. you have to figure out who murdered with all the. I'm really bad at the board game Clue. Um, but <laughs> I haven't played it in years. It's, I'm super bad at it. It's, um, it's on the border of the kind of thing that I'm bad at, which is like, I'm, I'm in my own mind, notoriously bad at that. Like Jeff didn't have a blue hat, but Gordon had a red shoe. Oh yeah. 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 Like cross off the things. I'm okay at this. And of course it's counterpart dream phone because <laughs> I'm sorry. Dream phone is clues counterpart. Dreamphone is Clue. I've never played. Okay, Dream so Dreamphone, you're trying to find out who has a crush on you. Okay. <laughs> and you're doing it by eliminate. You're calling all these boys whose numbers you have, okay. and they're like, "Oh yeah, I know him. He hangs out by the mall." And you're like, "Okay, so everyone who doesn't hang out by the mall isn't, oh, isn't the okay. guy who has a crush." It's more specific. Yeah. He was wearing a yellow hat, and then around the board game, everyone has their picture and a picture of what. Can we play this game? (laughs) Yeah, my wife has the vintage 1980s version of Dreamphone. Ladies, these are the most 90s boys that you will ever see. I'm very excited. And by boys, I mostly mean grown-ass adult men. (laughs) Is that the one that uh, Chris Evans is in? Because Chris Evans was like a face for a dating game of some kind, like a dating board game. Like just his image. I think he's too young to have been in this version but I want to say he absolutely was probably in a later edition of this game. I this sure game hope so. <laughs> because he is exactly the kind of like white cool. bread. And this, it's a fairly semi sort of diverse group of, of boys, oh, which is pretty that's nice. Good. Oh, that's nice. Um, but the white boys are very new kids on the block. No, that's too, um, that's too tough. 
<laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. New kids 18, on the block maybe? is too tough. Yeah. Wow. These are like, oh, very uh, Zach Morris. Sure, sure. But without that like radical bleached hair situation. Right. <laughs> of course. Right. Of course. Looking so fresh. Yeah. So Clue is this. So Clue is Dream Phone, and Dream okay. Phone is Clue. Yeah. Um, and in that you eliminate suspects and stuff by going into different rooms, I can be okay with it because it's it holds my hand a little more than yeah. the other thing is. Okay. So. And they actually stuck to, a, in the movie, they stick to a lot of details from the board game, which yes. I think is really, like, all of the, the rooms that have secret passages are the rooms that connect with secret passages on the board. Yeah. And, like, all of the weapons that they get are all of the, the clue weapons. And yeah. So it it's a really good tie-in as far as board game movies go. It also really illustrated what a conservatory is because when I was playing the game Clue, <laughs> I had no idea what this room was supposed to be and why they weren't just calling it the piano room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also uh, an interesting thing about the movie is that there's actually three different endings. Yes, um, and I loved. And when it was originally playing in theaters they sent out a different ending to each theater. Really? So Yeah, so like one theater would get ending A, another would get ending B, and so people would go see the same movie but get different endings. Uh, Interesting. Which they attribute to it like not being a hit because people didn't get it. Um, but I think that's really cool. Though I will say definitively that the final ending is the best ending. Yes. Uh, ending C is the best ending. Um, but yeah, so so if you went to see it in theaters, you would only get one of those three endings. In the DVD version, it just shows all three. And yeah, the Hulu version. The Hulu version as well. Yeah. I don't know that it would have. I would have liked it if it was only one ending. I wouldn't have liked it nearly as much because part of the beauty of it for me was the the joke of, you know, the, they take you through this ending and they're like, but that's not what really happened. Here's another <laughs> way it could have gone. Yeah. Well, and yeah. also, I think that the the two endings are a little strange. Like, the first two, I feel like there were meant to be more endings, yeah. but they ran out of funding or something. Though, apparently, there were only originally supposed to be four endings, and one of them was cut for being too dark. Um, huh. Oh. But... Uh, <laughs> I want to know what that one yeah, was. Yeah, for real. Do you know um, what that one well, was? Well, it was, like, Wadsworth... Uh, spoilers, I guess. Uh, Wadsworth, I mean, you, it's not really a spoiler because this ending didn't make it, but Wadsworth killed everybody. Right, the butler did it. And uh, he escapes and gets into the car, and then the dogs are in the car, like in the back mm. seat, and then oh. they, like, kill him. So. Sure, <laughs> sure. Oh, oh. That was, yeah, that I was can see that. I can see that being a little dark. Yeah. He kills everyone in the thing? Everyone. Like, he so like, like Yvette and the cook and the police officer and the like. Oh, okay. But he, he has killed everyone. He doesn't kill everyone so else. He's the only murderer. So, but he said he says that he poisoned like the drinks at the beginning. So like everyone in the house is now poisoned or something like that. I'm not sure if that like. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it just a real sounds slow really acting dark. poison. Yeah. Has this ever been adapted for the stage? Because I want to be in it. There yeah. is there is a clue play. Um, uh -huh. I don't think it's the same as the the movie. I haven't mm. seen it. I know there's a clue play, and how it works is that they draw an ending at the beginning of the play, and so nobody knows what the no one in the cast knows what the ending is until they get there. 
Okay. So there's like a ton of different endings and uh they the the actors find out along with the audience what they're doing. Interesting. Yeah. Cuz I'm trying to imagine acting in a thing where I might be the killer. So there is another play I don't think it's a musical. It's called The Mystery of Edwin Drood. Okay, that's a yeah. Charles Dickens. Char- yeah, so it was an unfinished Charles Dickens novel. Right. And it's been adapted for the stage with multiple endings. Okay. Where the audience votes on who they think was the killer, and then that ending is played out. So there's like six different endings, and the audience gets to pick which ending they get. And they're scripted? So you yeah. have to memorize mm-hmm. six different things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for all for all we know, it's like six different like there's six different endings, but each ending is only like one scene long, so it's not like they're memorizing tons of extra. Yeah, if but I was writing it, it would be tons of extra. <laughs> I don't doubt that. <laughs> It'd be like Act One. All right, everyone vote. Yeah. Now we have four more. Acts. <laughs> the whole second act is going to be one of five. Things. Yeah, that was one that um, had been talked about. The, the theater group I was part of in college talked about doing that one, but never actually did it. Yeah. Hmm. That's I thought a, it sounded fun. It sounds like if it is easily executed, that sounds like a lot yeah. of fun because would, you'd be able to switch it up. Except for if like the audience kept voting for the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> we just really hate Laura. Laura's <laughs> <laughs> the worst. So I'm looking like... it up and apparently it was a musical. Oh, it was a musical. Okay. Um, and uh, the audience members randomly select cards that determine which suspect committed the murder, which weapon was used, and what room. So basically all the clue. Uh, yeah. And it has 216 possible endings. Oh, my goodness. This is Edwin Drood or Clue? Clue. Okay. okay, okay. Oh, okay. okay. I thought this was Edwin Drood, and I was like, no. Whoa, that's... <laughs> Dodge a bullet there. So Clue, clue was a musical. The clue musical. The musical. Clusical, the, Clusical musical. the musical. Right. Um, but it looks like it's not connected to the film at all. Um, like there's no there's no Wadsworth and there's a detective oh, character. Interesting. Because um, I really wanted yeah. to be everyone but Wadsworth. <laughs> like I was watching the movie and I was yeah. like, I want to be everyone. The only thing that bothered <laughs> me about this movie is that they were not dressed in colors that matched their names, which isn't necessary and it's obviously a very deliberate choice that the director made to not do that mm-hmm. but in the game they're all wearing the right colors and so it yeah. threw me a little bit because it's been I, I've seen this movie one time prior to this right. and it was again back in high school so Mrs. White walks in wearing black and I was like but what? She opens they that all... coat though and like and it's it was white so white inside. and I was like that's a gorgeous coat And but then Mrs. Peacock comes in and she's got like the peacock feathers and stuff yeah but Miss Scarlet's wearing peacock blue. And I was like, it yeah. took me a yeah. good probably 10 minutes to like calibrate my brain. Right. So they all arrive in colors or in cars that are the same color as their playing piece. Oh, um, okay. And all of their costumes are the opposite color. I love it. On the spectrum. Interesting. Okay. So white and black. Uh, Miss, Mrs. White is wearing black. Miss Scarlet is in like a deep blue color. Yeah. Um, but Colonel Mustard was wearing a mustard-colored tie. Like, creamish color, so... Yeah, she was in, like, kind of a gold. Yeah. But what about Colonel Mustard? Colonel Mustard had a 
sort of like yellowish tan coat when he first came in, but yeah. once he took it off, his suit was more of like a brown. Like brown. But his tie was mustard. Oh, was it? It was like yellow. Oh. His mustard mustard's like that one shirt I have that's like kind of like yeah, brown, like orange, orange yeah. yellow. The color right. Of <laughs> right, right. That makes sense. Do, hey, do you think? Do you think that that's related? It might be. Hmm. I'm not positive. I'll have to look up. Yeah, we should that Google later. that later. Yeah. <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I'm full hmm. of fun facts about the movie. <laughs> no, this is great. I always think I Mrs. Like- White is the maid. That's um, in the board game. Mrs. White is always presented as the maid, okay? Um, yeah, like an old Good. an old lady maid with like a mischievous right. smile. Yeah, um, I I vastly prefer the Madeline Kahn version. No, yeah, the, absolutely. Uh, uh, the the Black she had Widow some of the kind of best moments when she was like the the flames, flames, yeah, flames, flames, I the fire, hated and the flames. Yvette so. She- much. <laughs> I, I uh, fla- fla- the, the fla- fla- flames, flames on the side of my face, gasping, think- heaving. <laughs> and then they just cut her off and keep going. Yeah. I, I think that it. might be the most, that might be the most famous line. From that's, the, yeah, that's from definitely the, the most iconic part. And I'm pretty sure that she picture. improvised it. I'm pretty sure. I mean, that makes sense. Madeline Kahn, man, in that movie, she is so funny. I love her so much. Um. She really, yeah. I mean, like she, she definitely. You can tell that she has the the background to to like play with the 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 greats. Yeah, Tim Curry. I mean, like, like Tim Curry was is is running laps literally around people. Oh my god! Christopher Lloyd did not seem as Christopher Lloydy as I had expected because. Because he just wasn't as over like I, I I mean again I think of him as Doc Brown so I think of him as being very kind of big and over the top and he was much more subdued yeah than yeah. I expected I kept forgetting it was him yeah he I think like Jim on Taxi that he played mm-hmm. was more of a Phoebe kind of deal where it was okay. like quiet 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 weird thing yeah um, yeah I would agree with that and so I think that he yeah I think that he was sort of doing the like. I'm a professor. I think about things and have a pipe. Yeah. He does He does have the great line at the beginning when uh, he's driving Miss Scarlet up to the door and they're like, stop at the end of the driveway. And she's like, why is the car stopped? And he goes, because it's frightened. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah. Would, that, that shouldn't have worked, but somehow it was perfect. Like, yeah, it shouldn't have worked because it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. I, there's so many parts like that where it's like, this should not work, but it's so funny. Clue is so weird because you could easily transition, like, if the reels got mixed up, there's a point where you could just transition right to Rocky Horror Picture Show. I kept having to remind myself this wasn't Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. So I, so Kevin came, he was watching a movie in the basement. He came upstairs like right before the ending started. So we sat down, he sat down and watched it with me. And I said afterwards, I was like, I kept having to remind myself this wasn't Rocky Horror because it's got Tim Curry. It starts mm-hmm. with cars pulling up to this creepy old house in mm-hmm. the, it, like during a thunderstorm. And Kevin goes, mm-hmm. and it's got what's her name in it. I was like, that was not Susan Sarandon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Scarlett <laughs> looks just exactly, looks yeah. just like yeah. her. Yeah, yeah no. She's definitely I'm going totally for a, that. a Susan Sarandon look. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Like, I know I've seen Leslie Ann Warren in other stuff, but... Yeah. I can't think of where. I can't think where. I think she may have been in, like, an episode of Fairy Tale Theater. She was She was Cinderella Oh, she was Cinderella something. in Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. 
Yeah. That's, that's what I've seen her in. I feel like that guy who was Mr. Body was in the mm-hmm. wrong movie. Yeah. Well, okay, so his he was the only person that the casting director didn't have control over. Yep. His name is Lee Ving. Yeah. Which is great. Which is a uh, It is both a great name. name and a bad name at the same time. Leaving. He- hearing leaving. it out loud, I get the joke, but like <laughs> it, that's not his real name, right? He, I don't know. He was in some kind of rock band, I think, and so the casting director was like forced to have him as Mr. Body because they wanted like that power, I guess, to it, which People I mean, obviously, no one knows who it is now. For him, yeah. All those um, never mind. It was the Tim Curry and Christopher Lloyd and Madeline Kahn and Leslie Ann Warren and you know all yeah. of these people who also would draw in an audience, right? Yeah, but the the casting director was like very particular, and that was like the only person he didn't have control over, and he was super mad about it. He was the um, lead singer though, of Fear. I don't know what that is. So you know how punk rock is like generally pretty left leaning. Uh huh. Fear was one of the uh, only one only examples that I can think of of a L.A. based, basically right wing punk rock band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> weird. Anyway, and, that, and the that cast and they were like, "Hey, we should get this guy." Yeah, I think they were kind of big in like the mid '80s. Oh, okay. Yeah, and this came out in '85. Yeah. So I think okay. that it's entirely possible that in the L.A. casting community that was getting the lead singer of Fear, which, by the way, his name, Lee Ving, makes sense for like an 80s punk rock band sort of okay. situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I also read somewhere that I'm not sure if this is true or not. I just read it online um, that Carrie Fisher was supposed to play uh, Miss Scarlet. Yeah. OK. But oh. ended up going to rehab right before casting started so leslie ann warren was a, a last minute i don't know if that's true or not but i read it and i found it interesting because i was trying to imagine carrie fisher as miss scarlet and it was very strange i feel like she'd be so short is she, she was yeah. pretty short right like was she yeah she's a tiny person yeah oh because like i mean like granted i only saw her around very tall people like dan Aykroyd this and chewbacca true. but <laughs> chewbacca <laughs> Yeah, Chewbacca was a very tall. He was person. very tall. He is. He's very tall. Have you ever seen Peter Peter Mayhew? Was the name of the guy that played Chewbacca? You see pictures of him. Do you like how I changed that from "Have you ever" to just telling you the thing? Uh huh. Because <laughs> you know the answer. Yeah. Um, so Carrie Fisher was about five foot one. Yeah. So oh, super so she short. Was, she was short. She was pretty she was pretty tiny. I think Peter Mayhew was like six eight. Oh wow. Yeah, he was. Yeah. They didn't add, he was not on platforms. He was just a tall British man. Okay. Yeah. Though if you think about her around the the cast of the the new iterations of Star Wars, they're all not very tall, and she was the shortest among them, so That's that true. makes sense. That's true. The theme of this episode is going to be Aaron has really weird uh, references for things and actors, because when you say Carrie Fisher, I think when Harry met Sally. Okay, fair. That's fair. Wow. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I respect that, but also. Hey, what do you what is the theme of this episode, do you think? <laughs> you are ma- mainly our theme. Yeah. So, Aww. yeah. Welcome to the Rayanna episode. <laughs> exactly. Well, the episode will be called Hi Rayanna. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. And, and everyone will be like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, but they will. Let's have you plug stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, so 
I make Mount Olympus University if you want to listen to it. It's on every podcatcher. Uh, you can follow it on Twitter at MTOlympusU. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Rihanna Larson. Um, it's probably easier to have my name. <laughs> it's My name's going to be in the title, so yeah. that'll be easy. Yeah. Yeah. Listen listen to MOU if you want. It's it's fun. It's a story pod. It's an audio drama podcast, so um, I play the main character i i made it i write it and i play the main character that's how you do so, it so uh yeah yeah uh totally chill there um <laughs> and yeah tell me how much you love neopets and sister act 2 back in the habit and clue yes <laughs> absolutely we have some social media to plug to we have yes. a facebook group called unabashedly obsessed with unabashedly obsessed uh, that you can join, and we we do we have fun stuff. Did you know that that calendar you gave me only has Anna Kendrick's birthday this month? Ju- August is a complete blank except for Anna Kendrick's birthday. It's appropriate, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I've been thinking about reaching out in the Facebook group about what other UFO related August birthdays there are. Yeah. Um, we also have a Twitter. We do. It is at UFO Podcast. You decide what the F stands for. Tonight, our guest gets to decide what the F stands for, which isn't putting her on the spot at all. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't plan this ahead of time. Uh, the the F stands for all I can think of is friendship. That's been a theme this month. It, it, I mean, it has kind of been a theme this month. Yeah. It is August. Yeah, so. it's exactly. August. Yeah. Let me let me keep thinking about it. Okay. I'll see if I can come up with something better before we close. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. Individually, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at unabashedly Aaron. And I'm at unabashed James. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash unabashedly obsessed if you would like to financially support the show. We have four slots left for the next four people that sign up for our Patreon. I will research and present five minutes on the topic of your choosing. Or chewing, Please but mostly don't probably choosing. That he chew into the microphone. <laughs> but if you want my opinion about something, if you want me to check something out or whatever, I will do that and report back on an episode. I like that you say we have four slots left, as if only four more people can ever join our Patreon. For this particular for this particular offer, there are four slots yes, left. Yes, I know. Um. And then maybe I'll extend it. We also have a merch store. If you want to put our cartoon faces on stuff, it is cafepress.com slash unabashedly obsessed. I've, I've got it now. The F stands for Frankie, the white rapper. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> I was like, there's got to be something from one I know. I knew it was in there somewhere. I just had to get to there it. There we go. There we go. We did it. <laughs> Thank you to Jamie Shaheen for writing our theme song. Did you guys know there was a ladder down here? You can find his band A Silent Few on YouTube. And thank you also to Emily Cardamus for our logo art. You can find Emily on Twitter at Corrupted Gem and on Tumblr at artfulhypothesis.tumblr.com. Uh, Rihanna, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I had fun. Yay. We had fun too. Yeah, it was good and times. <laughs> I had fun like doing homework for this show too. Like, Yeah, this was a good episode to do homework for. Yeah. Got to watch two good movies. Nice. And, and, and anticipate Google, and Google Rihanna telling us about Neopets. <laughs> <laughs> as one does. As one does. Yeah. Um, but that this has been a truly delightful episode. A m- mythic episode? Oh. Of Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Aaron. I'm Rihanna. Smoking kills. And so do pennies. <laughs> we have to do our 
patented. Our, our new thing that I've decided we're doing when we talk afterwards. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, well, I, I guess that was it. <laughs> <laughs>